0: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, thank you for tuning in, thank you for joining us. If you're watching us, we appreciate you for listening to us, we appreciate you. Um, for those who are watching us, you may be thinking, what is different about the podcast? I can tell you what it is. I now have a trim. <laughs> I now have a trim. It's been a while, um, a different haircut, but I also have a shape up, um, as opposed to normal, so... Uh, I roughed out the past couple of <laughs> episodes, but I'm back. So um, uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you for joining us. I uh, hope everyone's doing well. Uh, this is episode 10. Well, Of course, we've got Simba with us behind the camera. Right the plan. How's it going? Good. Thank you. You've been good? I've
1: been, I've been surviving. <laughs>
0: surviving. That is the word of the year. <laughs> That's the word of the year. Yeah, the ahead. We've been surviving. Um... I've definitely been surviving just about uh, with uni stuff, with deadlines, with coaching. Um, where do I start? Um, you start first. Or how have you been surviving? Have I been surviving? What,
1: yeah. uh, in the last, last? In the last
0: four months, three months. The last four, three months. Uh, let's not go back to
1: 2020. <laughs> let's leave that. Yeah, let leave that You uh, have yeah, been all right. Been getting surprisingly busier, I guess. It feels like everybody it feels like the minute 2021 started, everybody just wanted to just start to go back to normal. Uh so that's been good for me. So it means I've actually been getting work.
0: That's been that's been another uh, thing I've been thinking about um uh, this whole time. Um, soon as the June twenty first thing came out. I'm thinking everybody's getting happy about June twenty first and making plans for June twenty first. I'm thinking listen, don't be upset when the day comes, June twenty first is coming and the government says, Oh, July 21st, oh, August 20th, like, people are getting so excited, and just, you just setting yourselves up for disappointment, I just choose to believe it's not gonna happen, <laughs> that way when it does happen, when it does happen, is yes, as opposed to believing, yes, it is gonna happen, definitely, I'm making plans, and it doesn't happen, and I'm like, <sighs> so I'm just not, I'm just not setting myself up for failure, so, just a tactic.
1: Or you've been, like, uh, burnt out now from... From, from all the times they said. Oh. Yeah.
0: Pretty much. Pretty much. Um October was a fun time. And then we had to get into November. Lockdown in November. And then December things were looking okay. And then we had to close down again, everything. Um so yeah, I'm done with the looking out for the dates. I'm just and I'm I'm too like I'm being strangled by everything like <laughs> Literally, uni's. A bu- I'm talking about you I'm early before we started. Uni's a bully. You'd hear people talk about third year, and you'd hear people who are, who are in third year when you're not say, "Ah, oh, you're in first, you're in second, like you're so lucky." But now I understand. <laughs> I understand what they meant. Third year is definitely a step up in all facets. In, in uni, like first year, you can literally not do that much and still get by second year you have to do a lot more but you still can miss out a few bits and still get by third year <laughs> third year don't do anything i might not graduate you, or even if you if, if, even if you do the summer's still gonna be hella packed with things that you have to do because you didn't do it in the first place so third year is um no joke um especially that I coach coaching came back since the lockdown ease came down um so I'm back to coaching these kids so that is um as it's rewards but it was also it was tiring football's come back of course and playing football again uh the league's back um playing that constantly so surviving is definitely the word of the day um how have things been with you with work and everything
1: um yeah like I said I've been I've been getting relatively busy these last few weeks especially so uh S- sleep is something that hasn't quite happened a lot mm-hmm. uh as of recent mm-hmm. so yeah but getting that paper so
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah me and uh, sleep have never really seen eye to eye i literally i get about four or five hours sleep on average and i just live off that depending on what i'm doing or where i've been um that's literally what i get off at me and sleep have never really seen eye to eye we're yet to be in agreement. Another thing that is uh, quite interesting um, over the past few months, shall I say, um, my little brother, is getting old, he's four, almost four months old. And um, something that I realized is very interesting is everybody has got a baby face, not a baby face, everybody's got a baby face and a baby voice that they use to babies. Yeah, You know what? I don't.
1: So <laughs> okay, i saying. I specifically
0: chose not to this is what i'm saying <laughs> like it was so interesting to me because i hold him and i look at him and i'm like i can't do it i just i don't have no baby face to give him no baby voice to give him like i don't have it i don't know why i don't have it in me but everybody that i see pick up this kid everybody has got their own yeah they do that oh <laughs> I can't do that I can't do they that They do that to him Make sounds at him And fair enough It works with babies that like they laugh Some of them laugh Some of them don't But everybody Has their own little twist Of a baby voice And it is so funny Like Without fail Everyone you see They're gonna hold him up Pick him up Look at him And do some Commercial baby voice That they do And it's just hilarious to see, like, why is that, like, a universal thing? Yeah, it's I a thinking, great thing to watch, especially it's if you
1: take someone, like, super serious <laughs> and just put them in front of a baby, and
0: you just see them just, like, break that facade. It's hilarious, like, um, I would, would generally I'd think about it, like, I'd look at him and i think about it, i like, I just don't know how to even, I don't know how to even, like, how would I, where would I even, like, I don't even know how I'd sound, what kind of face I would do. Um, It's just hilarious, everybody has got one, everyone, like so universal. And I didn't realise how much kids grow within like the first few months, like the first year of their life. It's like, because I might be busy in a day, I could go a day without seeing him. And I feel like the next day I see him is like, he's grown. Like, <laughs> like, I've, like I haven't seen him for six months. Another thing is uh, when you do do them faces, like one of my aunties, she, without fail, has the perfect formula of a baby voice for my little brother. The perfect formula for him. Without fail, every time she like, does whatever she does, he starts bawling. Like, he starts laughing. Like The most you'd hear him laugh. There's something like, I don't know what it is about babies, but there's something like when you hear them laugh, and you obviously hear you see a baby smile, and they look happy, you know they're happy. It's like it's a crazy, like, heartwarming feeling. But on the opposite scale of that, when you hear the baby cry, it's like, yo, I feel like, like <laughs> I want to go to war for him. When I hear him cries, like it could be, it could be like something so like minuscule, like he could be having a bath, or he's just not in the mood, or mom's combing his hair out, or like just cleaning him anyway, or he could just be hungry. You walk up in the morning, but when he's also sometimes he might just be shouting. But when he's at like, crying, crying, yo, it's like you hear the we hear the cry. You wanna, you feel like you wanna do something like order to mom to leave the kid alone. <laughs> like it's funny. And when you hear stories, like or you watch movies about people who have these like torture tactics and they like stand someone up in a room and put headphones on them and have a baby crying for hours like when i hear my brother crying i'll be like listen if i was in a room and someone put headphones on me and i had to hear that 24 7 for like five six hours i might break myself like i might break myself i don't know what it is but with babies like i don't know like it's so pure when when it's they're in distress when they're crying or when they're happy has a profound effect on you how have you
1: been dealing with uh because this is your first sibling right yeah he, uh,
0: no my first no not really i have a half sister who's older
1: okay first youngest yeah, yeah okay then uh, how is how have you dealt with like the new responsibility of having a younger sibling to kind of take care of
0: um i don't think i don't think i felt it yet because he's still like he's only like four months yet so there's not much that he's the one that really needs to be babied, right? He's a baby. And so there's always, you know, that two people, three people before me to, you know, carry out them needs that he has. Every now and then I've looked after him and I've had him with me. But I haven't actually had to do very, very serious things looking after him. So I don't think i felt it yet. But I've always felt when he gets a little bit older, like close to a year, two years, especially when he's like a toddler, I feel like then I'm going to, be taking on a lot more responsibilities with him but i haven't felt it yet i haven't felt it yet i'm still very much doing me he's just there there's yeah like i said there's very there's a lot of people in before me that would take on the needs that he has um before me so i haven't felt the gravity of having a, a younger a younger sibling to look after
1: has like because i i imagine for a lot of people this is the case has having now a younger sibling had any like market or any effect at all on your perception of having kids, or what you thought about it?
0: Nah, I've always, uh, I've always thought I wanted kids. Um, I always thought I wanted kids, and seeing him hasn't changed that. Um, I imagine I will still have kids, and I still want kids at some point.
1: Has it? I mean, like, has it changed my expectations of like what to expect now?
0: I, it's not changed expectations, but it's made me realize a bit more the expectations. Because you know, if a baby cries, there's something. It's very rare. Baby just gonna cry to cry um you know a kid might have a preference to be held maybe but um at this age if a baby's gonna cry there's something that it wants um whether it is to be held or whether it's, it's a little bit hungry whether it's tired whatever it may be um or maybe needs changing but just it's made me realize the expectations that you would have you know so the times you have to change in times that you'd have to sleep the times he would be waking up the times he may have to go to bed um. the Bathing and cleaning—you have to do for him all of that. Um, it just made me realize the expectations, but nothing too much changed um, about my expectations of it. He's all good though, and um, he's all healthy. That's good. Um, be, oh, by the time this comes out, it would be my birthday. It would be my birthday. Um,
1: Let's predict. Let's what do you think it's gonna be a, a good good one? You? I don't
0: know. Ah, uh, listen, I'm so, I'm so un. Like I am just very much so sp- spontaneous. I don't plan anything. I just, I just don't plan anything. So I spoke to you about something I had planned, and I said it was just an idea. But that was I was saying that you know in a naive mind frame because that was what in March. Yeah. When I realized the deadlines I have for April <laughs> around my birthday, I'm looking at the deadlines. and I'm looking at where I am before the work. I'm like. Uh I don't think I'm gonna do this. Um because I never planned anything, like I haven't done anything for my birthdays like since like maybe 11, I haven't done anything for my birthday, and that was a party that someone else like my mum planned or something. I've just never been bothered. And every other time I've probably gone out to eat, but that was something someone else planned. I've never actually gone out and made plans for myself. I just I don't know, I've just never been bothered. Um so this one because of all the lockdown stuff and uni's been crazy. I thought, yeah, April, it's on a Saturday as well for April hey i'm gonna do something so i spoke to you about the plans i had and i mentioned i I spoke about other people as well a few weeks went by and i started looking at my deadlines like i got something on the 23rd i got something on the 25th and the 27th and it's like yeah i don't think i so i don't know what i don't know and i'm supposed to have coaching planned that day i'm supposed to have a match planned that day um which i don't know if i would go i don't think i'm gonna go to that so my day pretty much is free um I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> it could very well just be a normal day, or it could very well be a great day, a very exciting day. So um, I'd have to, uh, I'd have to update everyone on how what, what I did my birthday because I have no clue what I'm gonna do. This is where you just need a good friend to just plan something. I feel like guys, guys don't really. Guys like, don't really plan things for their friends' birthdays. Like the only really pe- the
1: only people who have ever like planned something is like my female friends. So That's what I'm like, saying because they know I won't do anything. they be like, "Hey Simba, we're going to this," but they will not even say "can we." They say, <laughs> You're going. "We're going."
0: I mean, I've I have a few more friends. They need to step up their game because like, what are they doing? Like, I need to message them. That's not fair. Like, you need to do something for me. Um, because I can't go to do it myself. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it's. Uh...
1: Do you even care about birthdays anymore, or?
0: One thing I've realized is that the love feels good. That's probably the best thing about your birthday is that if you don't feel the love on any day, you do on your birthday. Yeah. Or at least I hope everyone does. I hope everyone does. going to say. Yeah, I hope everyone does. I guess I'm. it's a bit biased for me because I'm blessed where I've I got a big, like, I know, I know a lot of, like, I have a lot of family members um, that I'm in contact with. Of course, everybody has look, a lot of family members, but you might not be in contact with them. I have a lot that I'm in contact with. I've got a lot of people from my mum's side, aunties, uncles, cousins. I've got a lot from my dad's side, aunties, uncles. So I definitely feel the love for my birthday. That's probably the best thing now about birthdays I've realised. It's just, you know you're going to forget the love, but then obviously knowing you're going to get it and feeling it is different. So just feeling it, I guess, is one of the best things about it. Um, Because like I said, I haven't done anything really amazing or spectacular for any of my recent birthdays. So... Um, there's that, and even when there is someone else's birthday, I make sure to ensure. Like, I make sure that I am showing them that love, um, especially if there's someone close to me. Because you know, if you're not gonna do it for them on any day, if you're not gonna do it for them on their birthday, then like, what other day are you gonna do it for them? So, I always try to make sure I do that. But we'll see how it goes. Something else that I've been recently hearing about that has been interesting to me is uh, the George Floyd case. The trial for I don't know the officer's name, but obviously he's on trial for the George Floyd murder, and he's been charged with the George Floyd murder, and that trial's been going on, and I've been seeing highlights of it, and it's been interesting because you know you're hearing things, you're not hearing opinions from like people that just have opinions. You're you're in a professional environment, you're hearing professionals talk about you know expertise on what actually happened, what actually transpired, so that's been interesting. one of the things that I remember coming out on social media, the things about oh he was on some sort of drug, some sort of opioid or something, and that was the cause of his death. Um, many experts who were on um, what do you call it? When you have to sit down and tell the truth and nothing but the truth.
1: Understand, I guess. Understand,
0: the yeah, they will understand. The um, a lot of experts came, professional experts, and pretty much all of them, I think, all of them said that there's been nothing other than the officer's knee on his neck that would have explained his death. And his death was, during a bunch of autopsies, his death was lack of oxygen. Um, as, cl- as, cl- as clear as that, it was lack of oxygen. Um, over the minutes that, you know, the guy's press- his knee was on his neck, um, that pressure, um, it's, it was like, it wasn't a quick thing, but it was something that slowly, after time, deprived him of oxygen until, you know, there was none left. So... They've all said that, um, that that was the cause of death and they've all said it pretty much is because the guy's knee was on his neck. Even though the, the defence tried to come up with something about, oh, he was on this, he was on that. That's why it had an effect on um, how he died. There's a conversation about the use of force that he used because obviously the officers have, they have lines which they can play within and lines they can't cross, you know, and they're basically talking about whether His knee, his having his knee on his neck like that was within the parameters or within the scope of, you know, actions that he could take, which everyone can pretty much say is not, especially when there was that three other people holding his legs and his back and his arms, the guy having his knee on his neck was pretty much unnecessary, especially to the point where he wasn't even resisting. He was just laying there. But one of the other things I found interesting was one of the ladies, I forgot her name, but one of the experts who was on there who spoke about how you know the cause of death was most likely the man's knee on his neck she spoke about how she's never she's done about five she's reviewed about five thousand cases of things like this um where you know people have died of certain situations but she's never had a case where there has been an overwhelming amount of evidence from people recording she's never had a case like this she had she was talking about how she had so much evidence to review and go through um because people were you know, recording on their cell phones from different angles and their different perspectives. And I was thinking to myself, when certain things go on, people are quick to like pull out their phones so they can record and they can be like, oh, I'm the first one to share it, blah, 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 instead of actually helping out a person, whatever it may be. But in this case, it actually worked out. Everybody pulling out their phones and recording gave so much evidence and so much, so many perspectives. That the experts can look at and be like, yeah, this is definitely without a doubt, blah, 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 blah. But so often, phones are used as tools for people to just promote or get clout or whatever it is. But in this sense, technology actually worked. Because think of how many things have happened with officers using excessive force. And, you know, in the 90s, early 2000s, 80s, and there was no phones to be recorded. And officers could just say, oh, he did this, he did that. And it's just your word against mine. There was no witnesses. By today's day and age, that technology actually worked out for the betterment. Like he couldn't say he couldn't say the guy was resisting. He couldn't say he didn't put his knee on it. Like it's right there. There's screenshots of him dead ass with his hands in his pockets, looking at the camera. So I thought that was interesting. That's one of the things about technology is good.
1: Technology isn't technology is neutral. I would say it's neutral. I would say technology is neutral.
0: It's neutral. So people just use it for good and bad.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say a car. I wouldn't, you know, give moral to a car. I'd be like, cars are neutral.
0: Yeah, I guess it's not a good. It's, yeah, no, I know what you mean. That makes sense. Uh, some one other thing you want something
1: you mentioned about oh, uni. um Yeah. So there was this uh, interesting story. For some reason, I, I don't know what came over me. Uh, I was watching uh, television. <laughs> I was watching Good Morning Britain. Good Morning Britain on ITV. I don't know. Was, I don't know why. But was this
0: before Piers left or after? Huh? Was this before Piers left or after?
1: This was like this week. This was. Like, this was so like, he wasn't there. No, he wasn't on there. It was. Okay. It was these I have two people I've never seen in my life. Um, but they they were talking about something. Uh, they were just just chatting on nonsense like they do, or whatever, trying to be funny. Uh, and then they brought up this topic of how um, I don't know if it was one university or some universities. Are thinking or already have done of uh, no longer marking people down mm. for spelling and grammar mistakes in essays and exams um and i thought that was really interesting
0: uh yeah i went to the, well, what do you think about that <laughs> i know there's a lot of people that would help <laughs> i know there's a lot of people that would help not be marked down for spelling and grammar mistakes i mean there's pros and cons to it one thing you say is you know someone like me who's you know i'm studying in england i've been born and raised in england english english is my first language for me to be at this age now where i'm studying at this level to not to have simple spelling and grammar skills big man like what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) you should be marked down like you should know this stuff but then again a lot of it would come down to just not proofreading because when you're like when you're reading and writing and you're you're continuously reading and writing and you're you know, you're putting down work on a piece of paper. There are mistakes that you make because your mind is... Yeah, because professional writers, they do it.
1: Yeah, I think most people who write just usually will just write and not exactly. even look back and exactly. then you check back. Right, you just so, have an entire page that's just red squiggly lines.
0: The thing isn't that people sometimes don't know how to, you know, spell or, or write or whatever. It's just that they don't read it back. So I myself have sent in drafts of work and as I've sent it, or even if I've read back something, I've been like, oh, that's a I full stop to the wrong place. Capital L like is like, bro, come on, what are you missing that for? And I'll correct it. Or even if I've sent back a draft into someone, into like a lecturer and they point out something like, oh, you know, fix this. I, I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, come on, you know that. Like. But because I didn't read it back before I sent the draft off, I missed that point. So there is that. It's not necessarily because the person is not capable of, you know, these simple spelling and grammar skills it's just that you know they didn't read it back which is important that you read it back or you get someone else to read it Or oh, i heard um a tactic is that you read it and you make sure you read it out loud because it sounds different out loud than it does in your head so in one sense i can understand you know you know these are things that someone like me you should be doing at this point um but in the other sense there are people where they've come and they're studying here and this is not their first language so all of this doesn't just flow off their tongue. They haven't been speaking English since they were, you know, born. Um, since they we were born, but since they were young, this does help them. And rightly so, because sometimes it might be unfair to, un- to mark them down um, on spelling and grammar mistakes when it's not their first language. Like you try to go to France or write an essay in French or write an essay in German or whatever, you're going to make mistakes too. So on that sense, I, I can understand why this can help some people. I'm not going to lie, I know some lecturers that make mistakes themselves, like, they don't speak English correctly, they make bad mistakes. So it's kind of funny how you have someone who, English is not even their first or second language, but they're correcting you on spelling and grammar mistakes. I don't know, it's interesting. I mean, I won't complain if they do do that, I won't complain. Because I'm human, I'd make mistakes. Do you think
1: then universities should mark people down on spelling and grammar as a whole?
0: Yeah, because you can't do, you can't pick and choose who to mark down who not to mark down. You can't say, oh, because you are been born here your whole life. <laughs> I, don't know. I really don't know. I really don't know, because when I say yes, when I say yes, they should mark you down. I think of so many people that, you know, there are some people out there with difficulties. Even if you are, say, you're, we're talking about England. Even if you are someone who's born and raised here, you're from here, English the first language. There are still people with serious learning difficulties that just, this just this stuff just doesn't come um easy to them and they haven't had people throughout their lives to help them with it and constantly prepare them and help them with you know how to tackle these things. On one sense I could say yeah you shouldn't mark people down. But in other sense I'm like there's so, like I said there's so many people that it would really help them out. It would really help them out. So it would be unfair. But I mean maybe this is how we've been we've been getting marked down anyway, so why change it? Why change it? People are adapting to it. They know what it is. They know how they know how much it takes.
1: Do you think and because there's another argument on it um because you're saying there for some people who could really help them out do you think maybe that that is potentially stifling because if you're writing a cv you have a spelling mistake they might just can that cv and they won't they won't ask you what your background is where you came from or what 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 troubles you have you know and is it potentially setting people up for failure yeah. if you let people away with spelling mistakes? Do you think?
0: I mean, there there is help out and support out there for CVs and whatnot, as well.
1: Well, in in university, I guess.
0: But I'll talk about people who are university students.
1: But I mean, like that's not the only time you'll ever be working on your CV. You don't write one CV and then you throw it away. I mean, big fan.
0: Yeah. If you're listen, <laughs> let's just make this clear, okay? Let's just make this clear. If you are. Well into your studies at university, or you've graduated already, and you can't correctly format a CV or a letter or an email in whatever language you choose to do so, <laughs> and you can't correctly, you know, formulate yourself and speak formally, then maybe you shouldn't be doing. Maybe that's not for you. I think just make it as clear as that. Maybe that's not for you. And this is the first time you're ever speaking that language, which is not going to make sense. That's not that's never going to be the case. Maybe this isn't for you. Maybe you should try something else. Just maybe. Like, whether you're studying now or you've already finished your studies or you graduated or you didn't graduate, if you're well in your 20s, 30s, and you're trying to write a CV or you're trying to write some sort of cover letter, you're trying to write something formal to someone and you can't correctly formulate yourself, you've missed out on a lot. I see, I hear te- like lecturers talk about certain things. Mm. And I'm like, and obviously the lecturer say, like, you'll be surprised how many times I see this. I'm looking around and I'm thinking, bro, like, what? who am I with that is making these mistakes? <laughs> Honestly.
1: You'll be surprised, man. You'll be
0: surprised. Humans, I guess. <laughs> Humans, I guess. Uh, we're flawed. We are very flawed. Um, there's a lot uh, we could talk about, a lot to unpack. Um, but I just wanted to do this catch-up session. So I appreciate you being with me. No worries. Uh, everyone, appreciate you for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, for listening on Spotify and Apple Music, I appreciate you. Google Podcasts, whatever it may be. Thank you for tuning in. We will speak to you soon. Uh, we've got another guest coming up for the next week. So make sure you tune in for that too. And uh, we appreciate you. Have a good night. Have a good morning. Have a good day. Stay sweet. Stay street.